Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, and this is your FT News Briefing. U.S. inflation slowed, but investors just can't seem to get psyched about it. And if you missed the absolute tear that ARM's stock has been on, we'll fill you in on the latest. Plus, U.S. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have known each other for 40 years. But the war in Gaza is really testing that relationship. Biden needs Netanyahu. And they don't have to be besties, and they're not, but they need to be able to work together. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The Federal Reserve expects to cut interest rates three times this year, but the big question is, when? Investors thought the Fed might start cutting in March, then they started thinking it's going to be May, but yesterday's U.S. inflation report poured cold water on that too. January's inflation rate slowed less than expected. Estimates clocked the consumer price index at 2.9%, and it was actually 3.1%. Investors expressed their displeasure with a good old-fashioned sell-off. Yields on the two-year Treasury rose nearly two-tenths of a percent, its biggest one-day move since last March. The S&P 500 fell about one and a half percent. Meanwhile, UK inflation figures are due out today. Over the past week, ARM stock price has gone through some pretty incredible swings. The UK chip designer jumped 65% over the past few days. Now, the buzz wore off a bit yesterday, but even with the significant sell-off, ARM share price is still double what it was at the time of its initial public offering in September. So it got us wondering, what the hell is going on? We have the FT's Rob Armstrong here to help us process all this information. Hi, Rob. Hey, how are you? I'm good, Rob. Did you like that pun process? Chip designer, chips process things? Yes, you're a clever man. Mm. I am your CPU. (laughs) So, So, Rob, why did we see ARM stock price jump so much? Well, there's a technical reason for that, and there's a more fundamental reason. And the technical reason is there actually isn't that many shares of ARM for investors to trade. The company is 90% owned by the Japanese conglomerate SoftBank. So any investors who want to buy the stock, there's just not that much out there. And when that's the case, a small change in demand can create a large change in the share price. In addition, there seems to have been a meaningful number of people who were short the stock, that is, betting against it. And when somebody is betting against a stock and some good news comes and they want to get out of that bet, they have to buy the shares. So that increased demand for this limited number of shares even further. Okay, so that's the technical reason. What's the fundamental reason that the share price has been going so crazy? Good quarter of earnings. The company reported better than expected revenue. It forecast better than expected revenue for the quarter to come. And of course, there's another factor, which is that the two magic letters, A and I, came up in the earnings report. The executives of ARM were keen to mention how many AI projects 
were using ARM products. And so that led to questions by analysts and so forth, and we had a classic kind of moment of excitement around artificial intelligence. Okay, so can we call ARM an AI story now? I think the answer to that question is no. There is a sense in which we are undergoing a computing revolution, and ARM will take part in that. ARM chips are known as chips that use less energy than chips with competing designs. As more and more computer capacity is needed, you need more and more low-power chips, or you just start burning all the energy in the world to get all this computer power. However, the core function of AI is performed with computer chips called GPUs, graphics processing chips. ARM doesn't make GPUs. So, is ARM involved in the AI story? Yes, but very much as a supporting player, not a key player. Can I ask, does it matter if ARM is an AI success story? I mean, are investors going to be looking at this any differently depending on the the narrative? Well, you use use the great word narrative, which is so important. And markets are always this great mix of the rational and the irrational. And the irrational force is one that grabs onto narratives and chases them like crazy. And while there is truth to the story, the narrative takes on a life of its own. Arm is a company with extraordinary intellectual property and a good business model. I'm not being all doom and gloom here. All I'm saying is the narrative is important, and the hottest narrative on Wall Street right now is AI. Rob Armstrong is the FT's U.S. financial commentator. He writes our Unhedged newsletter and is featured on our Unhedged podcast, which both are great, by the way. You should really check them out. Links to both are in the show notes. Thanks, Rob. Thank you. U.S. President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu have known each other for 40 years. But that relationship has never been as strained as it's been for the past few weeks. Biden has been trying to get Netanyahu to rein in the assault of Gaza, and things between the two leaders could get even worse if Israel launches an offensive in the last safe place in Gaza, a city called Rafah. I'm joined now by the FT's Felicia Schwartz, who's been covering the war. Hi, Felicia. Hello. Felicia, what was Biden and Netanyahu's relationship like before the most recent war in Gaza? In recent years, it hasn't been super strong. I think it really has suffered under the weight of this increasingly unpopular war. It reached a high point for a moment when Biden went to Israel, embraced Netanyahu, stood next to him, said, you know, we are here for you. We will do whatever you need as long as it takes. But I I think most observers, even within the Biden administration and outside, kind of understood that that rare moment would probably not last. So it seems like their relationship has gotten worse over the past few weeks. What's happening? We're four months into the war. Israel has set a series of very lofty military goals that it's been able to meet some, but not all of them. There's been a lot of tension about how Israel's prosecuting the war, the death toll on the Palestinian side in Gaza. Is it about 28,000 right now? And U.S. is increasingly skeptical about 
what Israel is able to do there and wants to see this wind down. And Netanyahu, of course, is under his own tremendous pressure. So he wants to do as much as he can to push this military offensive ahead. We'll go back to Biden for a second. What are the domestic factors that are driving Biden's criticisms against Netanyahu? He is up for re-election. Not sure if you heard. Yeah, oh yeah. I think we see a generational split on Israel in general, but especially in particular in the Democratic Party. And he is relying on a base of progressives who need to turn out to vote for him in November. And then in particular, some of the swing states that will be really important to him, such as Michigan, have Arab American populations that he needs to see, you know, actually show up to the polls and vote for him. These are probably not people who would vote for Donald Trump, but if they decide not to vote at all, it could cost him. What about on Netanyahu's side? Why isn't he listening more to Biden? The political views of the Israeli public has been drifting to the right for years. And that's only more true since this terror attack in October. And in Netanyahu's case in particular, he is on trial for corruption and remaining prime minister is his best protection from jail. And, you know, he's obsessed with his legacy you know, he wants to be seen as the greatest leader Israel's ever had. Now, at this particular moment, he is the Israeli leader who let the public down and could end his tenure in jail. What does this ultimately mean for Biden and Netanyahu's relationship? I mean, do we have any sense of how this is all going to play out? I think that Biden is not willing to use the actual levers that he could to fundamentally disrupt this relationship, such as, you know, withhold or condition military aid or even not defend Israel at the UN. At the end of the day, Biden wants to knit together this grand bargain that would see normalization between Israel and Saudi, a pathway towards a Palestinian state, the end of the war. And Netanyahu is not really going anywhere probably before the election. So if any of this stuff is going to happen, Biden needs Netanyahu. And and they don't have to be besties, and and they're not. But they they need to be able to work together. They can they can be blunt and disagree in private, and sounds like they are. But I don't know that things will change very much. Felicia Schwartz is the FT's U.S. Foreign Affairs and Defense Correspondent. Thanks, Felicia. Thanks for having me. Before we go, it looks like Coca-Cola is now inflation-proof. The company reported quarterly earnings yesterday and said sales are going up, even though prices are also going up. Coca-Cola's earnings report is one of the first signs that food and drink companies are starting to shake off higher operating costs. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. This is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools 
award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.